one. <laughs> I was hoping I was actually going to say one before it started. Like, this episode is just going to start with me saying one. Hello. <laughs> it's episode 95. The Matt is gone episode. I titled it that. Hello. Uh, hello. It's Kyle. <laughs> and it's, I don't know. I do. Whatever. It's me, Trevor, and it's Colin. Hello, gentlemen. Yeah, you, you're, not, you're not the intro guy. Not no, I'm not. Well, it's this really weird. this is the thing. Like we've run into this before. We tried having me be the intro guy once, and I hated it. And I think I was an intro guy once again, and I don't like doing it. It's fine. It's it's fine. We but we have Doctor we have Doctor Colin on. We do. Yeah. We have the so, pod doctor on. We're saved. He's personally fighting unknown viruses in the Salt Lake Valley. He's taking them on, so you don't have to. That's right. I'm getting I'm getting them all. You might think he had COVID. He, you might have thought he had COVID because we thought he had COVID. I yeah. also thought I had COVID, and then I was with I was with five people last week who all tested positive, and I was close contacts with them like almost the entire time. And somehow I escaped unscathed, which doesn't make any sense to me. So much for the great equalizer, am I right? Like I need I needed somebody to equalize Colin down to my level a little bit, and he <laughs> that hasn't happened. <laughs> I can't count I mean, on COVID for anything. I'm yeah. going to be honest. I don't think I can get it. I well, see. That's I felt like that. And then I got it, I think, after being exposed to it from my mom. And I was with my mom, like in the same room for legitimately 30 seconds. And then I left. And I know for sure, like through my work, I, I know that I've been exposed to it probably 20 times without me. Like, like that's a conservative guess. But yeah. I, I, that's the one time I got it. But also, I read an article this past week where somebody was, it was some study or something where they said that people who think they know where they got it from or like specific exposures from specific people like are actually wrong, probably like 50 or 60% of the time. Oh. So you don't actually know where problem. you may have got it from. It could have been from just because like it takes several days to like actually show up and do it. Like, yeah. Yeah, so your I, I guesswork guess is is still just guesswork. So I don't know. Maybe I didn't get it from my mom, but he, but That's, I I, mean, I thought that I could not get it because of how many times I'd been into customers' homes or into businesses or just been in tight indoor spaces, and I found out like a day or two later that somebody had COVID around that yeah. time or they had just recently got it. I'm trying Every, so hard not to be definitive and say that. It's just every week that goes on where where I've been like, I've been, I've just said, this is the week. Like, this is, this is the week. Like there's been, <laughs> yeah. I've gone, I've, I've flown to weddings in other States where people have tested positive days after I like last week, for instance, everyone at my company flew into Utah for like a week of in-person socializing. Cause we don't like everyone works remotely and in different places. So we did a week of in-person stuff a bunch of that was in the office. I got an exposure notification like uh, on Sunday saying I got exposed on Tuesday, uh, which is kind of funny. And nothing. I, nothing. So um, I don't want to say like I can't get it or I definitely have had it and I was just asymptomatic. But I hope that like in three years from now, they're like, oh, uh, funny thing about COVID. But if you were taking like two magnesium pills with two zinc and a vitamin C and two Zyrtec and like half a Benadryl every other day. All, if you're taking all of that, you cracked the code. Like you did it. Like you did the, you had the COVID game shark and you cheated it. 
I hope that's have, what they're saying. They now have a pill that you can take that's the that's anti-COVID so pill, and it's just supplements and half a Benadryl. You can get – they just make you the smoothie version of it at like yeah. Ross. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that uh, I'm in the same boat as you, Kyle, and I am not taking any of that stuff. So well, I – Then you oh, must well, have that theory. theory. Yeah, I, or maybe it's like the fluoride situation in the water, and at, in your neighborhood, they just are pumping my exact cocktail of supplements into. I mean, yeah, I assume it's the mind control stuff from the government. So, I mean, look, if we're gonna get the chemtrails, at least put some magne- magnesium in there, like for a little bit of heart health. You know what I'm saying? I just, I don't know. I, I am just baffled, and I almost look. So I'll t- like I, I was, I was saying before the pod, I. My best friend uh, got married, um, not this last, not this last weekend, but the weekend before. So I was up in Seattle um, at, with like my other best friend and we traveled together. So we were on the plane together. We roomed in the air, same Airbnb. And basically like whenever took, we got a, took, like whenever we forms of travel, you drove, you took a ferry and flew. Yes. Yes. Because it was, so it was in Seattle. We went, uh, this starts my social hour. Here we go. Perfect. Let's uh, do it. I was I my best friend uh, got married in the Seattle area. We took the ferry across to Whidbey Island, um, which is where the which which is where the wedding was. Uh, Absolutely gorgeous, Um, like just like a beautiful like almost rainforest type um, area. It was just so pretty, Um, and you know it was was like like one of my best friends in the whole world. I've known since I was thirteen years old. Like we did everything together as teenagers and young adults. Um, you know, just like my oldest friend. Um, and then my other oldest friend who's even, I've known even longer since I was five years old was the person I was traveling with. Um, so it was just like such a wonderful weekend to like be there and celebrate with like one of my best friends in the whole world. Um, but yeah, Mike, uh, my best friend, Matt, who I've known since I was five, we traveled together. We were on the plane together. Every car ride we took with someone was together because we were always going to the same place. We saw all the same people. We were in all the same rooms. And he came down with COVID and got it pretty bad. And I thought I was maybe getting sick and I took a PCR test and everything and like all my rapid tests and absolutely nothing came back positive. Um, so it was wild. Like, I don't know. We, I was within basically six feet of him all weekend, like for, for three or four straight days and uh, somehow did not manage to contract COVID in that time, which is seems insane to me. Well. That's still a W though, so like, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, that is a W. We'll take it. Um, unfortunately, it did uh, because I was like feeling a little under the weather, and I knew that I had, like five people at the wedding I had been close contacts with test positive. I was supposed to be traveling internationally out of the country for work. Supposed to be going to Amsterdam, and the day before the trip, I canceled my plane tickets because I was like the worst possible scenario would be to fly to Amsterdam and suddenly get very sick. Yeah. And be like quarantining in a hotel internationally. Yeah. And I was like, it's just Awful. it's just like not a situation that I can do. And even if I don't like say I felt mildly sick, I was supposed to be seeing coworkers like in a or like not, not coworkers, but colleagues like at an international conference and like yeah. I couldn't show up and be mildly sick and yeah. maybe expose them to COVID. Like that's just like, a pretty classically American move though. <laughs> yeah. So I canceled the trip and it's been a huge, huge bummer. Um, it was like such a, such a disappointment. I, in 2020, uh, right before like that summer, I was supposed to go to Amsterdam for this conference. And now again, this year, <laughs> they were finally doing it in person in Amsterdam Amazing. and I did not get to go to Amsterdam. So I feel like Amsterdam is cursed. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Andy B. Larson, 
who was also supposed to get, go to Amsterdam and got COVID the day before he left and also had to cancel his trip. Really? So, Wait, when was that? In May. Oh, that's right. Okay. So do not try to go to Amsterdam. You cannot. No one can travel to Amsterdam. <laughs> it's impossible. You cannot do it. Oh my goodness. That's so funny and awful. I'm sorry you had to miss that. That sucks. Yeah. But I mean, that's just the, the world we live in now. I mean, this yeah. is the unfortunate side effect of that's living funny. in a global pandemic. Man. And like, that's what, like, I have such a hard time making plans more than like a few weeks out at this point, just for that exact reason. Like, I'm just so, I, I don't know. I just, that's, I feel like if anything has prevented me from getting COVID, it's that I'm committing to like almost no plans. That's that. I think that's the secret. It's like taking the pill concoction I have and then just like trying to not buy a plane ticket to somewhere because then it's just going to inevitably happen that way. So, um, yeah. Have you, uh, what else? What you, you went up to any, any good stuff other than the wedding? The wedding sounded great. Looked great. I love Whidbey Island. It's really pretty. There's a lot of really, there's this one bridge there in particular. That's so pretty. I can't remember what the bridge is called. Uh, is it the bridge up near Ana Cortez? Uh, it's like oh, you saw some, the D. You saw, uh, yeah, Deception Pass. Deception Pass. Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely gorgeous. We the went. Bridge is uh, so cool. We went uh, on a whale tour, so we got yes. on a boat to, to go see the whales, and we got to see killer whales, and they uh, killed a porpoise in front of us, <laughs> which absolutely ruled um, to see them actually cool. kill. And then what's really funny is after they kill, they just play. Yeah, they're right. Like, they're like, uh, we ate a little bit and we feel pretty great. And they're like jumping out of the water and like doing all sorts of crazy stuff. And that was like a, a, an unbelievable experience. Like, I think it was did, cool to just did it see go them up through the San Juans. Like, yes. did it uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. We were out in the San Juan Islands. Um, and yeah, it was it was so cool. Um, Man, that rules. I lo- <sighs> great place. What a yeah. great place. Uh, the day the day before the wedding, um, we all went way too hard. Um, we were sitting outside and we like went to the store and we just bought a bunch of uh, like beers and seltzers and stuff because like um, after the, there was like a wedding after party that we knew was going to be the next night, so we were like pre preparing for that. But then once you buy sure. all the booze, you just drink it, right? Which is what you, which is what always happens. Um, and so we went way too hard the day before the wedding, and everybody woke up the day of the wedding and was like, "Oh no, we all felt terrible." But then. We rallied and the wedding was wonderful and so beautiful. Um, and then we had the after party at a place in Whidbey Island called the Machine Shop, which is an, an arcade bar. Nice. Um, so just a huge arcade, just like probably more than two dozen pinball machines and classic arcade games. Oh, yeah. And, I saw you post pictures of that. It looks so um, cool, man. It, it was super cool. Um, so it was just like a, it was a super cool experience um, and, and very cool. I'd love to go back to Whidbey Island. We didn't get a lot of chance to like explore and actually do like any hiking yeah. go out on the trails or anything um which i would really like to go back and do and i think the plan next year is to 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 meet up with my friend james who lives in seattle and uh, when i got married yes nice yeah and i think we're gonna try and go to olympic national park what a place what a what a dang place it's just huge it's crazy and like there's uh olympic national park is super weird because there's no way to drive like through it it's just like all these different inlets into the park and it's just gigantic and it takes so long but it's so pretty and it's got like such a diverse uh like different kinds of landscapes like the whole rainforest is like quite literally just like an incredible rainforest that's got insane mountain vistas if you go into the park like by uh port angeles 
Um, the mountains up there are just incredible. The lakes, it's all just bit of a bit of a fan of the, of, uh, the Olympic peninsula, it turns out, but yeah, yeah, you should absolutely do that. Yep. Yeah. That's, I, I can't wait to get back up there. I, I love that area so much and it was so nice cause to like get out of the Salt Lake heat too. Like yes. it's so moderate. And so like every day it was being like 65. I was just like, this is, this is what I would like. Yeah. On average, it's like so nice there when they do get heat waves. It's crazy. Cause like no one really has AC. So it's just like melts everyone, but normally very temperate. And we love it. I need to get back there. My grand I need to go visit my grandpa. He lives up he lives on Vashon Island, actually. So um he moved up there to start an ostrich farm. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that rules. Good for your grandpa. He's a funny guy. He just like he doesn't have ostriches anymore, but he just drives around in a little uh convertible on the island and just a couple times ago last uh he was really into the uh, a couple times ago I visited him, he was really into carving totem poles, so He's just doing his, he's doing his dang thing, but that's great. We love that. We, we really do. I actually was going to visit him. Uh, I was planning on visiting, visiting him like uh, February of 2020. And then like, I, I was feeling sick and then I don't, I don't know if I had COVID then. Cause I had just gotten back from New York too, of January of 2020. So maybe, maybe I was patient zero and that's, what's given me immunity, but we'll see Trevor. What have you been up to? What's going on? What's how's life? What are you what are you vibing with? <laughs> um honestly, uh this week has been kind of garbage for me. Um, but that's just because I'm on call um at work and I hate being on call. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, I yeah, so whenever I'm on call, like I just can't do anything. Like even going to the game on Saturday was like stretching the rules of like what I'm allowed to and what I should be doing mm. <laughs> with work. Um, but no, we, uh, let's see. I went to the game Saturday. Uh, we had like a family get together dinner. Um, it was like a late father's day thing, um, at my sister's house. Uh, so that was good. Got together with everybody here. Um, my kid's about to be shipped down to Arizona for a week. Uh, they're going down to my brother, to my niece, I guess is getting baptized. Um, so she gets to do that, which will be fun. Uh, she's never been to Arizona. They live in Arizona in Tucson. So she gets to experience like real actual summer. Yeah. Um, for the first time, which will be fun. So it's like uh, 150. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> it's <laughs> like you don't, you don't even need to open the egg for it to, to have it come out fully cooked. Yeah. Just like leave it on the counter for an hour and you're good. No. So we, uh, yeah, I told them that like, it's hot, like really, really hot. You're going to actually experience heat. Um, and they're excited, so they'll have a good time. Um, but no, I'm just looking forward to this weekend. This weekend, speaking of planes and trips, I'm going to, I've talked about it. I'm going to Reno, and that's this weekend. I booked myself. This was the you have to go to Nevada, and you have to go somewhere in Nevada trip. This is the I want to go play poker, and Nevada is the closest place to do that trip. Yeah, I'm 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 going to interchime here and say that I've played one sit and go tournament in Las Vegas, and I'm one for one. Nice. <laughs> How many people were in the tournament? Was it just the like a nine person table? Yep. Sit and go. Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, it was sit, sit and go tournament. I think I I was fifty dollars in, and I think I won like 350, 400 bucks, something like that. 
Nice. I want to try to do a sit and go tournament. Um, last time I was out in Reno, I did their like $20 daily tournament with like 30 people and I took second. So that was cool. Um, Dude, nice. So yeah, that's the plan. Um, that's what, really what I'm looking forward to. This past week has been garbage, but this next upcoming week should be pretty stellar. Pretty yeah. excited for it. One of the things I love most about like playing uh, poker or something like that in Vegas is like the dollar per, per like time amount that you are entertained. It's it's like the best deal that you can do, right? Because I, I it was like fifty bucks and I played poker for like three hours. Really? Yeah, like like and which is like the best value you can get there because you can lose fifty bucks at the blackjack table in twenty minutes. So yeah. like to have stretched that money and and then like actually made money um, was pretty great. Yeah, last time I did a poker trip, I went out with, um, I think I went out with $1,000 and I came back with like $1,400 and I got a solid like day and a half's worth of sitting there getting free drinks out of it. So yeah, it rules. I thought love, like, love yeah, poker trips. I thought the free drink thing was like fake, but I was watching my friends play roulette and I was like, oh, they actually do that. They yeah. actually are just like, haha, it's cheaper for us to keep you here continuing to throw your money away on a roulette table and uh yeah i'm not a gambler but i enjoy watching it i think it's funny but i didn't i didn't think i was uh i used to with an ex like used to meet her family there like around christmas all the time and they were gamblers and i like for the first little while just like kind of sat it out because i was like i really hate losing money but then at some point i was like i have nothing to do <laughs> Right, like there's nothing to do. Like I'm just gonna stand here for like six hours yeah, and do yeah. nothing. And so yes. I was like, okay, I'll spend a little bit of money. And I, the way I look at gambling is like it's entertainment, right? Yeah. If I can gamble right. for two hours for yeah. and lose only like thirty bucks, then I'm like, yeah, you all right. Paid, you paid it's a little more. Exp- have some yeah. fun. Yeah, it's like yeah. it was a little more expensive than a movie, right? And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So that seems that that sounds healthy. I don't. I mean, you haven't ruined your life, so I'm assuming that's working out for you. Oh yeah, I mean, if I lose, if I lose too much too quickly, I'll be like, yeah, I'm done for today. I'm I'm over yeah. it. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. Anyway, so that's this weekend for you, Trevor. Yeah, that's this weekend. That's nice. what we're doing. That's what we're looking forward to. Cool. And that's it. Yeah, it's really cool, all there is to it. Let's see. Like I mentioned, I uh, sorry. Let's, let's hear your all in call. My all in call. Yeah, for Trevor. Let's when I go you, all in, how yeah. I do it. Yeah, yeah. It's more. It's it's not going to work on a podcast because it's more of a visual thing. I usually you just like put my head like, down and like. <laughs> oh, all right, he's he's doing big, I, he's doing big hands forward. He's I like, I'm all, just, I'm all in. I just push my hands forward. It's I don't push like, my hands forward. I like open like my in, hands in moose formation, kind of like yes, exactly. I, antlers. I do a moose formation with my antler with my hands. <laughs> yeah, your human antlers, nice man. I don't, I don't cool. usually like being like, oh, I'm all in. I I don't know. It's just not my vibe. It's, it gives off. It's like it's it's. There's bad energy when you do that because like you're either you kind of come across like a jerk. I think. I think so, and yeah, and generally when That's, I play poker, like I'm not trying to like intimidate people or anything and i feel like that's what that move is like if you look at somebody and stare at them and be like i'm all in like i feel like that's an intimidation thing that's not really it's a real real movie movie kind of move it's like come on yeah i usually just like signal with my hands and then just all in the moose thing cool yeah i i I, like i'm not a big guy but i will definitely like i'll look at him a little bit i'll be like yeah, I'm all in. No, I'm, I'll, I'll push him. You know, I'll push him, and I, I'm. I'll. I'll look a little bit, right? Yeah. 
I, and I mean, that's when you're playing, when you're playing like tournament poker, that intimidation is like a part of it. Like, that's a part of to, it. Like sometimes, sometimes like it, it's not necessarily like, like people think that you can just like bluff whenever you want. But like, if you're a yeah. good poker player, you know, a situation you can bluff in. Yep. Right. Like you see someone check on the flop or something and you don't have anything, but you know, you know that they don't. So then you yeah. can bluff a little bit and like try and get chips out of them and stuff like that. And that's um, where... Like I usually use my like chip stack to bully people. So like once I get a bigger chip stack than everybody else, then the bully intimidation move is just having more chips than everybody and going all in. And then you're yeah. putting them to the decision and you're right. Cool. It's like, are you going to go out on this hand is essentially yeah. what it gets down to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. All right. Maybe I'll go with you. Maybe Trevor, we can make a field trip out to a pod field trip out to Wendover. Maybe that's that's, that's this, what we is, the, this is the hundredth episode. We all go out and we we podcast ourselves playing in a poker tournament. That'd be dope. Actually, like I know we've come up with <laughs> like a, just a bunch sad. of different ideas. <laughs> <laughs> we've come up with a bunch of different hundred episode ideas, and I like all of them. But yeah, we're getting I pretty close. This, this one's my to favorite too. We actually have to figure this one out. But this is I'm I'm gonna throw it back to the last episode. I uh I think one one night in Windover it can be a delightful time. If because you can go out, you get out there at like five, six, it's still hot, the pool's open, the pools are not bad. I've been I've been in the Windover pool, so you which, go to the pool for the afternoon. Has a good pool over there. Um these are outdoor pools, right? It's Montego Bay. Okay. I think the Montego Bay pool is pretty nice. Uh, you've got the Golden Nugget. You've got the Montego Bay. You've got Peppermill. I think I've only stayed at the Montego Bay. Um, but you stay out there. You go to the pool for the afternoon while it's still hot. And then in the evening, you gamble a little bit and you hang out and you like get some food. And it's uh, it's a pretty nice time for, you know, a night. Oh, yeah. Well, a little peek behind the curtains. Uh, Trevor is on a call because he's on call. And so... So let's... We don't care how Trevor's doing anymore. We he's, don't. He's going to play poker. That's great. Kyle, what Trevor. have you been up to? <laughs> Do you have to go, Trevor? I just I just fielded a phone call. This is the disadvantage to being on oh, call fine. at work. I'm now clocking in and I have to call a customer and figure out what their problem is. Okay, well, Colin and I can we'll just we'll just keep chatting. You guys, you guys right. float this for like five minutes. I'll be back. We'll be floating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll we all float on. And we all float down. We all float. What's the it? Whatever. We all float so, on to something. Something. Yeah, we, we do. And all right, so already. All right, already. Thanks so last you. week I mentioned uh, everyone from my company all came into into town, and we had a big like on-site thing. We we went to Lagoon one of the days, which was so fun. I I love Lagoon. I think it's so funny and hilarious and great. So we went to Lagoon uh, on Wednesday. Um. Yeah, I just had a lovely time with coworkers. I met with some coworkers I hadn't met in person before. I had just seen them through the internet on Zoom. So that was good. We had a bunch of went to went to dinner at Immigration Brewing up at up. Have you been there before? No, I haven't. Where is Immigration? It's, uh, it's it's that building that was empty forever, right next to Ruth's up Immigration. You know. Oh, okay. So yeah. they put emigration brewing and I don't think they actually brew beer there because everything appears to be, I don't, I think they just named it that it was good food though. So we ate there one day. Uh, the building's really cool. Um, really, really pretty building. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it, do you remember what that was before it was vacant? Was it like a reception center? Cause it seems like it probably was. No, I think it was a lodge of some kind. 
that would make sense too. It's really weird. Uh, it's, it's a cool building. They have like a little market in there. They've got like a coffee shop thing. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty nice restaurant. And so I did that, went to pizza. No, no later in the week, which is great. Um, yeah, I like, I like pizza. No, no, that's the one on ninth and ninth, right? Yes. And they're putting one in, in mill Creek too, actually closer. I think in that like mill Creek commons place by, uh, by brickyard. So, um, yeah, really liked that. Uh, oh, um, I feel like we, we've talked about this before, right across the street is a place called seventh heaven, I think is what it's called. Yes. Dole whip. They, they do the dole whip there. That's very delicious when I was I, last there. Yeah, we were actually, I, we were, this, this onsite of everyone was kind of like the halfway point through the year. And there was a project that we were working on that we were trying to finish up right before, uh, this week of everyone coming into town. And our CEO told me that he was like, if you guys like, he, he, he was joking about us celebrating with Dole Whip and then he didn't end up going to Lagoon because of his back. And then I was at Lagoon and they have Dole Whip there, but they were out of Dole Whip by the time I was trying to get some. So I just went to Menchie's on my way home and got a gigantic thing of Dole Whip and put a bunch of pineapple and strawberries on it. And it was stellar. I loved it so much. So it's like a perfect summer treat. I, it was, it was so refreshing. It was so delightful. So yeah, there was that. I, what did I do Friday? I don't know. Saturday, I, um, went to the dang game, which let me tell you about that game in a little bit, but yeah, did that. Um, had a pretty, I think a pretty normal weekend. And then, um, where did I, did I go to, I think I went to the pool or whatever, did some pool stuff on Sunday. And then yesterday I went to the women's national team game in Sandy at Rio Tinto and it was really fun. I had a really good time. Uh, I just went there. I was in the South end. Uh, Keaton friend of the pod was, uh, was capoing for most of that game. Did a great job. We sang a bunch. My voice is finally recovering today, but yeah, it it was really fun. Uh, the game was kind of (laughs) weird. Um, and then like, we've been having these like weird little like uh storm microcell things that have happened that are happening like through the day. So one hit, like it rained for like really hard for like 90 seconds and then stopped. And then like 20 minutes later, a bunch of lightning came in. So the game was delayed and then it continued after like 45 minutes. And uh, Kelly O'Hara scored uh, a goal after the, after the delay and they won two zero. So yeah, uh- Neat, neat to finally see Kelly O'Hara score a goal at Rio Tinto. Uh, a bit unfortunate under these circumstances. I was a, I was a Royal season ticket holder. I went to a lot of the games, and uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, it was a bummer that she was not on the field more for the Royals' uh, tenure. Tenure, yeah. Um, and yeah, also a bummer that uh, that. The team is obviously gone. Yeah, hopefully it's it's looking like they'll be back in 2023 or 2024, probably 2024, I would assume. But um, they will be coming back, so I'm told. So uh, it's just a matter of time, I guess. But yeah, I actually wore a Royals jersey to the game uh, and then realized it was pretty yellow. <laughs> and we were playing Columbia, whose jerseys are pretty yellow. But Keaton also was wearing a uh, a Royals jersey, so I'm I'm thankful for that. So, um, yeah, I was like, oh, I am wearing a very yellow shirt for a game that's against a yellow team. But um, yeah, there were a bunch of Colombian fans there. The whole thing was it, it was it was very fun. It was a very lovely evening, despite the the rain. Met some new people. 
in the South End. Away away fan Maddie was there. Um and yeah, I just it was a good time. Other than that, I've just been back in the in the in the the dog days of summer working my way through the heat trying to remain sane as the days finally start to get shorter i think are we past the point it's the 29th it's been it's been like the end of june it's felt like the end of june for like a month now i swear it's been like june 20 something for a month i I feel like i barely even remember june i feel like did i even have a june (sighs) i think i felt like i went to when i went to la and santa barbara i thought that was like the end of june but i don't that was like three that was like two i don't know when that was it was a while ago at this point um so yeah Good times all around. Been watching uh, Barry on HBO. Great show. Love Barry. Uh, the third season is very good. Um, finished Ozark finally. Liked the end of that. I liked the end of that series, kind of. It was fine. Um, but yeah, nothing nothing crazy. I guess we can talk news and rumors now while Trevor is still doing work stuff. Hello, Trevor. He's saying one second. Hey, it's hey man, no rush. We're doing fine. We got we got. I guess while Trevor is not listening as much, we could do the Gustavo Coyar watch. Let's because, do it. Uh, Trevor hates this segment, um, and absolutely no news <laughs> regarding <it> to RSL. <laughs> but I will say that uh, Al Halal did win some kind of title, so he we we got to see pictures of him holding a trophy. Uh, so that was neat. I think. Uh, not as good as him holding the tiny water bottles. The I tiny water bottles tiny still water number bottle. one. It was so small. It's so funny. I oh, hope that when Cuellar comes, which he inevitably is going to, uh, there's no question that he will. Um, he brings the tiny water bottles with him. That becomes an RSL staple. Yeah. Trevor? Well, when he's playing with RSL, he probably won't have another opportunity to lift a trophy. So glad he got. Oh, come on, man! <laughs> you really are such a liar, dude. The Rocky Mountain Cup means something. <laughs> it means a lot. Yeah, it means a lot. <laughs> and also, uh, I like. It, I would love if that the tiny water bottle became an RSL staple, similar to like every time a Liverpool player has, is announced, it's the lean against the wall thing. Right. Um, it's just every time an RSL player is announced, henceforth, they're going to be holding a tiny little water bottle. Um, so, yeah, he won a trophy. Congrats to Gustavo Cuellar. Um, Future RSL uh, legend, Gustavo yeah. Cuellar. I, 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 let's, let's start the argument. I think he's already top five uh, for the club. <laughs> <laughs> it's important we start the dialogue early, I think. <laughs> I think I think it's we're getting in on the ground level, and I think it's important that we're there. So I think, we are definitively saying right now, Gustavo Cuellar, top five RSL player of all time. Yeah, zero appearances, zero goals, um, clear <laughs> candidate for top five. Look, look, man, it's a lot of potential alone. Yeah, what, what can you say? <laughs> this I'm, is just glad, I'm just glad that we were first. Like now, do we you know, wait? Do we have the discovery rights? I hadn't even thought about that. I hope every, so. Everybody else that comes after us to say he's top five, like they're second place. Yeah. yeah they're like, to be, oh, they're to just be like off the crossbar ground level. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got his five discovery rights in addition to, you know, the actual ones that the club might have. Like when I think the other day, LAFC had to pay Miami FC like $50,000 in allocation money for the discovery rights of Gareth Bale, which I yeah. was just, come on, we're still doing this. 
Yeah, so, we probably uh, are going to continue to do it. I mean, for Miami for discovering Gareth, Gareth Bale. <laughs> hey, they got to get compensated for their scouting network. Were yeah. they, they weren't even the team. Like, when did... Yeah, he, he was like... St- just on the bench for Real Madrid when they became a team. Like he has I, remember, a I remember a couple months ago that I think like DC United had it. So I don't know how it ended up to enter or like whatever. Because I remember Pablo Maurer tweeting about it, uh, nice. about how DC had it. But I, I don't know how the allocation rights work. Was it, so. That's was awesome. it the DC had some other player or they were in negotiations with Miami to get it because they were trying to get it? Oh, they wanted mail as well. Yeah, I, 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 did, I know I DC yeah. comes up and Discovery Rights comes up, and I yeah. don't care about that stuff. No, it's all very stupid. Yeah, but somehow these rules MLS. LAFC has signed Gareth Bale to a non-designated player contract, and they also re-signed Carlos Vela, and they also get uh, Chiellini within like the next couple of weeks. Also on a non-designated on a player contract. contract. Yeah. So I saw that there was an athletic article oh. that came out where. I just saw like the notification on my phone, so I didn't I didn't read this. I don't know anything about it, but apparently there's an athletic article that explains how that's all possible and how that makes total sense. So the athletic is now an arm for media arm of the league office uh, covering for L.A. teams. So that's cool. I mean, it's it's absurd. Well, I mean, yeah, like, like I'm I'm so far removed from caring about like L.A. teams and New York teams, like breaking mm-hmm. rules that like I know that there's like conspiracy theories about it. And like the the league helps the big markets or whatever. And I just I don't care about it. I just wish they were a little bit less transparent. There is a funny a article. more transparent. Yeah, I, I wish that there just wasn't like spending limits that make this thing a thing like. Yeah, they ultimately we just got to like open up the salary cap and get rid of all these stupid rules. And but that's like ten years down the road. So there's an article back from 2018 or 2020, May 18th, 2020, from the Athletic, and it says why MLS isn't pursuing players like Gareth Bale, (laughs) (laughs) which is really funny. Well, Um, why are they not? Yeah, I, I mean, oh yeah, did you just Google the Athletic Gareth Bale to find that article? I, did, I would yeah. say that Kiawini and Gareth Bale do not strike me as Pirlo, Steven Gerrard type MLS players. They strike no. me much more as David Beckham and, uh, you know, like that type of player who's really going to come over. Wayne Rooney is who I was going to say. Actually like, play? Yeah, come over and actually yeah, play right. and actually like train and play hard and actually yeah. give it their all, which is bad news because, I mean, even without playing a bunch at Madrid, I. I mean, do you have to say that probably Gareth Bale is now the best player in MLS? Probably. I guess we're going to see. I'm really look. I'm like very intrigued. Like all the entirety of uh, Wales is really pissed at him right now because apparently he was maybe going to go to Cardiff and oh. did not. <laughs> so, well, I guess non Welsh player, Welsh fans, Welsh people who are not a fan of Cardiff, which I don't know how many people that ends up being. Uh, are not stoked with him because this was like the boy coming home, but he he is going to LAFC to wear a flat brim hat instead. So and have more anonymity and way more golfing. So yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it was a tough call for Gareth Bale to be honest. Let me go ahead and say people probably like the also second prefer, division in to play in the yeah. second division or I don't know if they're I don't remember where Cardiff is, where but like, either. Or to play in MLS and make bank and get American sponsorship money and live in LA. And yeah, it's not a hard call. 
Yeah. yeah. It's also only a one year deal. So, I mean, it's not like he's like 38, like there's still time for him to come home or whatever. I'm going to go ahead and say people also probably generally prefer the weather in LA more than they do. In, like, <laughs> Cardiff. Generally, I think it's nicer. I, again, I would have to check the numbers on that, but I, listen, man, I don't know a lot about whales, but I, I think this is look. this is a hot takes podcast and I'm going to just go ahead and say it. The weather is better in LA than Wales. Look, man, this is you come here for you. You come here for the cuts, and that's one of them. Um, so yeah, we got Gareth Bale in MLS now. That's kind of fun, honestly. And I like Chiellini, and that'll be fun. But I just hate that it's a, in a, a team in the Western Conference, and I hate that Carlos Vela resigned, and they're just they're just stacked. It really sucks <laughs> for, for us, I think. But we'll beat them in the playoffs again. I hope so. That'll be exciting. Um, yeah, it's, uh, not, not related, but also, uh, it's also soccer. <laughs> Diego Luna has been playing for the men's national team U twenties. They just, uh, qualified for the world cup yesterday. This tournament's really weird. So like if they won in the semifinals, then they qualify for the world cup. And then if they win the final, then they qualify for the Olympics or something. I don't, it's, it's very weird. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know how they need this works. But it's just like a qualification tournament of of all kinds. And Paxton Aronson, little brother of Brendan Aronson. And you might think, wow, Brendan Aronson has a little brother. He's already so small. And you're like, yeah, there's another one of him. And it's he's like slightly smaller. And uh, yeah, he scored both goals for the the U-20s last night. Uh, they beat Costa Rica and then got in a brawl at the end of the game. That's pretty crazy. Diego Luna has just been really good this tournament. Um, the game before this, he had a penalty kick goal and an assist. He's demonstrating how two footed he is. He's, he's, he's impressing a lot of people who are watching these games, which I only watched one of them and I have not watched the other ones. So there's good highlight reels of Diego Luna. If you want to look for those, I'm not gonna, I could, I could verbally tell you the links, but I won't, but I could, I could just start naming all these letters, but I'm not going to do that. So uh diego luna https colon <laughs> slash slash tweet slash video <laughs> slash yeah so you can go do that you can you can look at him but diego luna he should be back with rsl uh by july 9th is what trey was saying on twitter hopefully so um yeah and with with bobby wood being out for the foreseeable future it's looking like we could use some help on the offensive end and i think diego luna could very much provide that and i think that'll be a theme here in a sec when we talk about the game against columbus because it was so good um and trey also mentioned on twitter i was just looking this podcast just reads trey's tweets uh, uncritically um, but Trey uh, was on was on some radio. I can't remember which. It might have been the drive. But he was talking about how uh, the team has been switching to um, a, a search maybe for a number nine and le- laying off the um, laying off the search for or the 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 quest for Quayar. I guess you could say. So I, I love, the, I love the subterfuge. Like that's great. They're saying that. I mean, Cuellar is a done deal. Yeah, top five, I, top five player in RSL history. It's done. I think it's important. I think what this really does is just really emphasize the fact that you know he's coming, and we we basically sealed the deal. We don't. We no longer need to be on the quest for Cuellar because it's already it's already agreed to. 
Um, so yeah, that's, I think this is interesting. We have this discussion last episode about, you know, like at this point, at this stage, do we, uh, what's more important to this team, like a solid number nine or a midfielder. And I can't remember where Trevor came down, but we had a very lengthy discussion about, about this concept. Number nine. Yeah. I don't care who it is as long as it leads to goals. Oh, a brief intermission. I totally forgot. Uh, Matt sent some pictures that I was waiting for and then um, didn't see that he had sent. So just a quick Matt social hour update. Uh, He cut his hair and he's looking glorious on the beach wearing a bunch of camp collar shirts. He's posted. Honestly, I'm I'm happy. I have... I don't think I've ever seen him so joyful. He's would you would you characterize that as he's, true? He's looking incredible. Like he's just in his element. He's just sending us photos from him just walking around on the beach by the ocean. Uh, he's sending p- beautiful pictures of cacti and lovely lovely sunset. The, the cacti are incredible. Uh, a picture of an amazing looking like uh, blue corn tortilla quesadilla, maybe. With, it's got like a, I can see a bunch of like guac and stuff. It looks good, yeah. and then. Uh, uh, flamingo made out of plants and the plants are from South Coast Botanic Garden in Palos Verdes. So he actually made a Palos Verdes journey as well. He sent a picture of a pizza that just looks really good. Um, and he mentioned that a can of Pepsi that was uh, overpressurized literally exploded in his hand. But he's so, okay. So no, but, but no, he's limb, okay. no, he, no, no, shrapnel. no, no limbs lost. Uh, uh, but I do hope that he was comically covered in Pepsi. Yeah. That, like comically. So like something I would see out of a movie. I hope that that happened to him um, because the thought of that brings me a lot of joy, not because it happened to Matt, but just that it could happen to anyone. And that's very funny. You're right. Yeah. I I mean, that is crazy. Also, that's kind of what Matt gets for drinking Pepsi. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Okay. If you're going to drink a cola, Coke is a superior cola. This is correct. This is, this is a with that. podcast. You don't have to agree with it, but if you want to be right, then you would agree with it. If you want to be <laughs> wrong, then you can continue. He went. He was at Slice Pizza in Laguna. That's where that pizza is from. That pizza looks great. Let me let me put it this way. I think the flavored colas, like the cherry and the vanilla and all that stuff, Coke does that better. But just straight cola, like Pepsi's better than Coke. Uh, you can take it. You can go hang that's out my, with my eighty-five-year-old grandfather in St. George because he agrees. That's my controversial uh, hot take. Of you, the you and Gra- you and Grandpa Dennis can hang out and watch like thirty hours of Fox News a day. And you might be asking, "Wow, how could you watch thirty hours of Fox News in a day?" It's called multiple screens, baby, and you're watching multiple screens at the same time counts double. So shout out to Grandpa Dennis. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh shout out to yeah he, it was just, it was his birthday last weekend or that one weekend the a few weekends ago father's day weekend anyway so we're looking for a nine which i think is a good idea but also you know trey on twitter said something kind of funny he said uh oh did i lose it he said something like um you know, you could argue that every club in the world is looking for a dependable number. Alert, oh, number okay. Nine. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't like that at all. I knew like, you. Oh, you mean you have a you have a scouting network that's working to improve your team? Cool. Yeah, we're the only ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, he said. So uh, I, it was interesting to hear how he described some of these players. So he was talking with RSL Bob, um, and. 
you know, he, uh, Trey says Caldwell, Everton, Beasler are all sixes. Rubin, Sergio can play the nine. Joni, Miram, Sava can play false nine. Julio, also an option up top. You could argue that every team in the world is always looking for a dependable number nine. Yeah, I don't. I mean, not like necessarily, <laughs> but like, I mean, a lot yeah, of but like, it's just a. I like Trey, but that's kind of a pointless thing to say. Like, no, it's like saying every team is constantly looking to get better, you know? Yeah, which clearly, yeah, it just it makes it sound like RSL is comfortable with where they're at at the nine, which if that's the case, that's really concerning because we're one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. And I don't want to rehash that whole argument, but like that's what we're missing is somebody who can score goals. And I think that's incredibly obvious. And if we get somebody that can score goals, like we've got the players around the person that can score goals, but we don't have the guy that can score goals. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that leads us nicely into the game that Real Salt Lake played against Columbus. And I just, okay, first just have to, I just have to state. I showed up to the, the supporters lot prior to this game. I I know exactly where this is going, and I I, I know it was devastating. The vibes the vibes started out so bad because the La Fagata taco truck wasn't there. And listen, if I had, if I had a multi day heads up about this situation, like we did prior, um, and you might say, "Wow, Kyle, last time you got that information, it was because Trevor got it from Tyler Gibbons, who you know gave it to him proactively, so like you guys wouldn't be like devastatingly upset or anything." Yeah, I did get that last time through that that through those means. I didn't get it this time. And you might say, "Wow, Kyle, like maybe you should give have some more patience cuz Tyler's wife just had a baby and like, oh, he's a new father and it's like I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, I don't care. Congratulations, but man, think of think can you think of someone else <laughs> for once? <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, we hope your wife is recovering and your baby is doing well and you're enjoying being a new father, but you really the you taco really dropped the ball up. on this one. The taco yeah. beat. Unbelievable just miss by the taco beat. And I let us let us all down. Just I'm dead. I was devastated. So um, my sister was devastated. My brother was devastated. I heard many, many texts about the tacos not being there when they were they were counted on. I I've like built my day around getting those tacos. I was like, I scheduled my meals. I hit like the gym at like the right time. I was like, I had, I was like, all right, bum, 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 like protein intake. Like I'm going to have taco. Like I'm not, I'm going to be fine. No tacos. I literally, when I got there, I just like wandered around the lot, like aimlessly until someone like checked on me. <laughs> like a, like a loser. I was just like, like wandering. So someone just like, like the, the meme where it's like, Okay, grandma. It's like the person, like, yeah, the, like, the, like, like, like just like, it's okay, Kyle. Come on. It was okay, exactly that. It was exactly that. And I was just like, all right. Um, I just don't, I did, I just aimlessly walked around. I was like, and then a, a, uh, AJ and his friends like spotted me in there. They like invited me to come hang out for a second. I was like, I was just incredulous looking. And they were like, oh, like, what's, going on and i yelled about the tacos for a while uh i was just i was so sad i was so sad and uh yeah i i'm just developing a bit of trust issues uh, about the whole thing quite honestly and i don't know every this is something that's just going to be going through my mind every game moving forward and i'm just not sure anyway so the vibes the vibes were messed up from the second i got there i could feel like i had weird feeling about the game immediately thereafter 
I, my hunger was not satisfied. I had a single burger (laughs) wrapped in lettuce from one of the groups of uh, tailgaters, which was fine. Uh, It was good. It was a good burger, but um, yeah, it wasn't tacos. And so that's how the game started for me. And then, uh, you know, I wandered into the stadium. I met up with Trevor, yelled about the tacos some more. Uh, I ended up getting some cinnamon almonds to try to ease the pain. They could barely do, do it justice. Quite honestly, uh, I was, it, it really didn't, it didn't fill the hole in my heart. And then the game started and then it was just awesome and so good from start to finish. And we well, just the game started and so did the fire. Oh. Which we should mention that there was an, an enormous fire outside of the stadium, <laughs> which uh, I, I wasn't at the game. Um, I was still uh, hanging out on the weekend at home and uh, apparently just like inundated, inundated the people in the stadium, just like sucking in this horrible smoke from a warehouse fire just the street away, uh, which was also just like super bad vibes for the game. Yeah, it, like. it was it was really ominous because and I was confused where this like the uh the riot had a had a cool sign that was like the first pride was a riot and then they had like rainbow colored flare or like the smoke bomb things and it looked really cool and then like i was stopped paying attention to over there and i was like typing stuff and i looked back and i could see smoke in the air and i was like is that from like the smoke but like is it just like kind of hovering like that's kind of weird and then we st- I started getting tweets from from fans saying, like, what's the deal with the smoke? And so Trevor went and investigated. And then there was just the photos from the from the west or the east side of the stadium looking west are just so insane because it looks like a big corner of the stadium is just on fire. <laughs> it was very I thought it was very funny because I was watching it on the broadcast. Right. So I wasn't in the stadium yeah. and there, like, you couldn't tell at all because the broadcast is facing the other way mm-hmm. and you just like couldn't tell at all. And the broadcast never mentioned it like nothing was ever said about it. Uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed because I was sitting there looking at like tweets of like, there's a huge fire and like seeing the smoke plume, like overtake the stadium. And the broadcast was just like, anyway, you know, Donnie's Donnie and DJ just doing their thing. And I was, I I found that to be like highly amusing while I was watching the broadcast. (laughs) It was awesome. Um, Yeah. So Trevor went and saw the fire for us. We did the fire report. Um, Yeah, it was good. It was, that was exciting, but yeah, very ominous for the rest of the game. And so honestly, I think about, we've talked about the only two things that are, we need to talk about. From it that kind game. of feels like it, honestly, <laughs> because I mean, it, it, it was, it was, it was a very brutal game. Like it felt like that, uh, kind of like that opening game against Houston, uh, first game of the season, except, you know, um, this was at this stage in the season. And also this is coming on the back of a lot of forward momentum from this team and a lot of positive movement and excitement against a really bad Eastern conference team in Columbus. Like they suck. And this is a really bad team that like has been bad for a while and also is missing like a lot of their good players. Yeah. I think it was like six or seven like people who could have been in competition for starting spots, like not necessarily guaranteed starting spots, but like, yeah, they have a significant injury problem, kind of like RSL did at the beginning of the season. And yeah, like, and they, they are out of the playoff picture in the East. They haven't been performing well. Um, and it's clear that they like they came in with a game plan to defend well and just disrupt the rhythm of the game. That's basically all mm-hmm. they did. They spent a lot of time 
on the ground. They spent a lot of time doing small fouls. They spent a lot of time just like breaking up play. And it was like a clear kind of directive from Caleb Porter that that's the type of game they were looking to play. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Lucas Zellerion didn't play. Pedro Santos was their best player and was probably the best one of the best players on the field. He looked pretty good. Um, but we had, you know, we had our preferred starting lineup, I guess. We had Rubin and Cordova up front. I, Rubin or Wood, whatever, is the preferred <laughs> player, I guess. I don't know, actually, because they just whatever seem, just seem one to of do them. about the same thing, I think. Miram, Ruiz, Lafelson, Savarino, Brody, Silva, Glad, Herrera, McMath. And, um, yeah, it's just... It just kind of sucked, honestly. There, you know, no big chances really for either team in the first half. Um, you know, in the second half, there were a couple. Miram had a decent shot from outside the box that forced a save out of their keeper. Trey punched the desk really hard when that happened. I'm sorry, uh, Matt, you can bleep his name out. So, yeah, Trey did that. And then, um, you know, Cordova had a chance that was like a one on one thing that, uh it was i mean i didn't i didn't feel bad about that one it was like a quick he did not have time to really like try and lift the ball over the keeper like yeah he he like couldn't he couldn't he didn't have enough time to like really get enough like momentum behind the ball to put it over the keeper kind of just hit the keeper in the chest i think so yeah it was Um, it was good like sweeper keepering it was the keeper was quick and good work uh, alert to the danger from Eloy Room, who's from Curacao, an interesting place, actually. Um, probably speaks Dutch or Papiamento, the language of the island. I don't, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so the game sucked, uh, quite honestly. Uh, Menendez made an appearance in this game, so did Scott Caldwell. Um, I don't think we made more subs than just the two, though, which was kind of interesting. No, no, we, made, we also we, brought we out three. Justin Miram. Uh, yeah, Michael Chang right. came in in the 83rd minute because Miram was playing awful all game. Yeah, it, it was it was interesting. Um, Sergio Cordova goes 90 in this one. Sovereigno was never really able to get into any like swing of things. Uh, I also got to say I've got some concerns about the way Sovereigno and Herrera play together on that side. It seems that Brody was much better with Sovereigno on that side. Because I honestly think that going forward with unless we are playing a, a style that is just crossing to Demir Krylock at the back post, I think Brody actually is better offensively for us than Aaron Herrera. And um, I don't know for a team that relies relies so heavily on creativity from that position or at least has traditionally. I just uh, Herrera feels very one dimensional and we don't have anyone that can get on the back on, on the back end of a, of a cross. Like we, we just do not like, it's not going to be Cordova. It's not going to be Rubin. It was sometimes sort of Bobby Wood for corners, I guess, but like, uh, it's just not happening. So Herrera has essentially feels like he's been basically neutralized offensively. Um, and yeah, I just, I, it was, it was just a bad game. We just looked creatively just lost, especially when it kind of it came down to those last like 30 minutes of the game. And we just literally could not figure out how to do anything. We weren't, you know, when a team, like when you're playing against a team that was um, as compact as they were, you have to be really sharp. You have to be able to be, to play quick passes. And this team just can't do that sometimes. Um, 
Yeah. Our guys up front just aren't very good with the ball, sadly. Uh, Sergio Cordova, Rubio Rubin, not super uh, clean with their touches, not super definitive about what they're doing next. And I just... I think... I I don't know that I completely agree with that. Yeah, I was going to... What do, I, what do you disagree with? Because I, I felt like anytime we were trying to get out of, you know, trying to break Sergio Cordova or Rubio, Rubio Rubin couldn't turn quickly enough with the ball to actually do something other than just play it back. And then we would try to just, you know, reset and try the same thing again. Like we needed someone who. I think possess and then play and then get in behind quickly and i just didn't feel like we were clean enough on the ball to be able to to beat this defense no, i think I guess, sorry no, go ahead colin i i think that um rubio rubin actually had a really great chance in the first half that i think you're forgetting he, he hit the Probably. shot the goalkeeper saved it off the post um where the ball was played through to him over the top um right that did happen i'm not like making that so. up that sounds right um like i think within the first 20 minutes and like there is a sense like I, I don't know, like we've seen flashes from Rubio Rubin like that in the past. And so right. I don't know how much of it is a style of play, but he, like, you know, like, as you said, Rubio Rubin is not a guy you can cross the ball to. He's a guy you've got to play through and over the top. Like there's no, there's no other option. You can, there's no, there's no crossing to Rubio Rubin. And so like, he did have a good opportunity in the first half and kind of showed what he can do. Um, I would agree that oh, yeah. sort Sorry, it was like it was like it was the eighth minute. Uh, a d- defender misplays a ball and it falls in for Rubin, who you know takes it takes it into the eighteen, um, and yeah, he gets gets a decent shot on it. It's a kind of a hopeful shot, but yeah, it hits it off the post. That was by far the best chance of the game, I think. Yeah, I I do agree with you about Sergio Cordova because I do not feel like his link up play was particularly good. Um, there was a couple times like a guy would be running forward and the pass would be like a little bit behind him. So they have to like hold up a little bit and like not get the break that um, they were kind of looking for. And Trevor has yeah. something he really wants to say. Uh-huh. Every time, every, every single time Cordova was trying to do something to help with a break. That's what happened. And that was the most frustrating thing in the whole game for me was Cordova every single time put the ball behind somebody. Yeah. And like, it's easy stuff. Dude. I was really like, just trying not to pick on him too much. I felt like I didn't see much from Rubio Rubin other than that shot. Like, I don't even remember him having much on the ball in the second half. No, but that's Cordova that's, in particular. The passing just was just it's just off. It's like everything was just off from him. Yeah, And that's that's what I would say is I was disagreeing with you, like in a general sense, not so much about this game. This game, I think you're right. Ruby Rubio uh, didn't really connect very well. I do think that that's like his strength is connecting passes and, and dribbling I the think ball so and, too. and stuff like that. And I think it was a little bit off. I just don't want to necessarily blame Rubio for that or Cordova. Cause I, I don't think that as individuals, they necessarily had bad games. I just, it always felt like the pass that was played to them or the next guy that they passed to oftentimes was where the play broke down. Yeah. yeah. And obviously yeah. like Rubin, that means Rubin and Cordova, the play broke down with them kind of a lot, but there was a lot of times where I think we saw them do the right thing and they made good decisions. And it just seemed like there should be two or three good decisions in a row or two or three good passes in a row. Yeah. And it was just always like the second or third pass 
or the second or third decision that just wasn't really the right one. But yeah, and just this, this game, was- everybody was just just a little bit just a little bit off, and it just seems yeah. like they're being a little bit off. They were just off at the crucial moment all the time. I'm and wondering. That was really frustrating to watch. I'm wondering, at Rubin, he's 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 really interesting to me because I think we've we've obviously seen that he he's like he can be a very like he's a very talented player. I don't think we've been able to figure out how to play with him effectively since Freddie left, quite honestly. Um, and I don't. I'm wondering if he's better when he has like an actual dedicated number ten on the field, because uh, I, I agree with you, Trevor. Like, like when the when he's good at these like sh- short. Uh, one, I think he's fast and get it, he can get in behind sometimes. But that that link up play, which I think we've seen from him as being a strength in the past seems to get him more involved when we actually have a number 10. Um, and in the four, four, two, this is, I, this might be the second time I, I, I can, the, this is the second time I can think of that. He started in a four, four, two. The other time was the, uh, game against Nashville, <laughs> uh, at Nashville, um, where we just literally could not get him the ball at all. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know if he's the type of player who is just, the partnership between him and Cordova up top, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not sure if that's going to be effective. And I, what yeah, I might want to see it. is that we play a, like a four, four, one, one, and we have a more creative player playing in like behind our number nine. If that's Rubio Rubin, then that's fine. But it just doesn't seem like, I don't know. I'm a little, this game felt so weird from front to back. Like it didn't, this wasn't, it, it didn't feel like a team that, you know, from, from weeks before, but I do, I do think that it was indicative of the fact that, you know, as good as this team can be, uh, I think it's pretty clear there are shortcomings sometimes and that we just aren't really able to adjust our offensive plan. If there is one uh, to be a, to be a defense like this. And this is the type of way a lot of teams will be playing in crunch time of the season and then the playoffs. Um, so you got to have players that you can really depend on. And th- th- there were I, I, like in this game in particular, uh, we obviously did not score, but like uh, Loffelsund and Justin glad I thought had really, really good games. Yes. Um, Loffelsund is just like a fantastic two way player, like defensively moving f- and then moving the ball forward. He's just really good and he's really quick He's really clean on the ball uh, and he does something that like I would like to see other players do as effectively as he does, which is just be able to beat players with his passing instead of just passing to pass the ball to an open player. He's looking for a pass that beats defenders and he himself can he can beat defenders. And I think that's really important to have. And Andrew Brody, I thought had a good game, too. I mentioned that I think going forward, he's a bit better than Aaron Herrera at this point. If we're, if we, if we aren't going to successfully be converting these like 40 yard crosses that he was successful at last year because of Demir Krylock in particular, um, I think Andrew Brody gives us more going, going forward right now, just because he, for the sole reason that he can cut inside the big liability with Andrew Brody right now, of course, is that he has very much one foot and he like refuses to do stuff with his left foot. Um, but Andrew Brody, his ability to cut inside instead of just be the crossing guy, he can do that too. But this is the second game where he's like, I've seen like really positive things from him where instead of going cutting wide, he cuts inside. And that's how we scored that banger. That one time was when he made an inside run instead of an outside run. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So 
I don't know, Trevor, who, who, who impressed you this game? Is that pretty much the list? I was pretty, I, everyone else was kind of blah. Even Saverino, I was not impressed with this game. Yeah. Saverino, I think had a rough game, but I think, like you said, um, I think this team has a couple of things that are very frustrating about it. And it's one of the things that is that this team plays at either like 110% of what I think that their like actual level is. And that's what they've been doing for the last several games. And that's what we usually get at home. But then we have games where they play at like 60 or 70% of what I think their like potential is. And I think that's what this game was. And it was just kind of across the board. Everybody was just not as good and crisp as they usually are, except for like two or three players. And I think Justin Glad was one of them. Um, Silva's one of them. Brody and Herrera were about as good as they were going to be. Um, But the player, if, the one player that like really impressed me in this game was, was uh, Leffelson. Um, and it's for all the reasons you mentioned. Um, he had several times in this game where it felt like he was making like a, a line breaking pass that opened up the defense. And, and that's exactly what we needed against Columbus. It was just, we had that one pass and then everything after that kind of fell apart. Yeah. And he did that kind of consistently. He also is just a great like open field defender. He can, press guys he can keep them from moving where they want to move he can intercept passes and he can break up plays and he just a great all-around midfielder i thought he had a fantastic game um against yes i would i would absolutely throw that jasper was incredible i think uh one one thing like i I, we you know we we were talking about the negatives in the attack but I think there really has to be some credit given for how good defensively this team is right now. Totally. Well, RSL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the, 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 like I know we're talking about Justin glad, like playing a, another stellar, stellar game, but like Marcelo Silva for a couple of years was very error prone. Right. And he's completely cleaned up his game. Like the, the, def, the fact that, you know, like, yeah, they didn't have a lot going forward, but they did not. The only chance that was remotely close was like a half field shot by Pedro Santos. Right. Yeah. And, and like, other than like, that, might not have been a shot like that's what right. it was weird yeah yeah and other than that like they put the clamps down on this team like i didn't really feel that columbus was going to score i also but the problem is i just didn't really feel like rsl was going to either and there is some credit to be given to how well the like the midfield and defense are currently protecting the back like yep. just total between mcmath to the defense and to the way that like Pablo Ruiz and Jasper Lofelsund are defending like in those spaces like they do deserve a lot of credit defensively for how well they played yeah the problem was is that there was just absolutely nothing going forward yeah and there wasn't a player on the field who you really felt like it was someone who was like a game breaker right I didn't think like Cordova was going to find some game breaking pass no or no uh, and that's and that's really what it came down to is that there there was just like a lack of uh, like a lack of like I guess I don't know I don't have a better word for it other than like game breaking just like yeah. just like someone who can make a play that suddenly like opens up the defense or something like that the, there was just no evidence of that we from didn't have ourselves. the creativity is at all yeah, that's, and yeah. This is the concern that we had when Sovereigno came on. We were worried that like it was going to fall on Sovereigno to be that creative player, that kind of false 10 or whatever it was that we were hoping he would be. And if Sovereigno has kind of an off night, and I don't think uh, Sovereigno wasn't bad. He just couldn't carry the team. 
he was also being like like anytime he was he was like in a somewhat dangerous position he was taking on two defenders and yeah. that well, was by nature of the fact that there wasn't anyone else that's really that dangerous in those moments exactly yeah so it, if Soverino has kind of an off game and Cordova has an off game and Rubin has kind of an off game and Miram has kind of an off game, which all of them did. Like yeah. those are all players that like Soverino a little bit more than others and Justin Miram a little bit more than the other two as well. Like they can have that one moment, that clinical finish or pass or whatever. Like they're all kind of capable of it, but we yeah. expect it more from Soverino than we do from others. And we expect it more from Miram than we do the other than Rubin and Cordova and Sovereigno and Miram just didn't have it like Miram especially yeah. like was he's kind of I feel like he either has games where he does pretty good or games where he's just very mediocre and average and just accomplishes almost nothing all game and that that's kind of what he did this game yeah. against Columbus and the, and the week before he was really good. Like he, he had, yeah, he had that, a lot of those dangerous passes from like inside the 18. Yeah. It, the, the, those two games are kind of the, what Miram is. He's either yeah. a game breaking player that gets a couple of really good shots off or makes one or two really good passes and is just a force offensively, or he's just very much not just the kind yeah. of player that gets double teamed and loses the ball and gets like, I think, from about, I don't have the numbers. I'm not looking at it, but it feels like through the entire second half, he was just a turnover machine. Like he did not yeah. possess the ball and complete a pass more than half the time. Like he just made a bad pass or got double teamed and dribbled himself into a bad spot and just turned the ball over. And when you have on this team, those guys having an off game, you're not going to get anything going offensively, even against a Columbus team that. They've been pretty good defensively this year, but they're still not a great team. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah. So it, I at yeah. home we should be scoring two we or three be, goals be on most team teams easily. in the league, yeah. especially with how we've been playing at home. Like we've been a dominant force at home, and it just it wasn't there. And it was yeah, it was just a bad game. It was not fun to watch for any moments. <laughs> I think um, I think one of the most frustrating things for me in this game was the substitutions. Yeah, uh, because I, I they didn't make a lot of sense to me. We brought on uh, Joni for Rubio, uh, which I did not agree with like at all. I was like, mm-hmm. well, if I want to see Menendez, I want to see him next to Rubio Rubin, not Cordova, who I didn't think was playing well at sure. all. And I don't. You know, there might have been another extenuating circumstance with Rubio. He hasn't had a lot of time. Maybe it's an injury precaution. Maybe it's just like the amount of time, the minutes he's, he's ready to play. Like, I, I, I don't know that, but I was like, I definitely don't want to see Menendez and Cordova. Like that, that was a combination I did not want to see. Um, if, if you had brought in Julio up top, Anderson Julio, I, I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Or if you had taken off Cordova and brought Menendez in, I think I would have probably been better with the, the, you know, been happier with that. I don't think that that sub was an effective choice. And I, as soon as it happened, I did not really believe in its potential to yeah. like change the course of the game. I also, the, the Scott Caldwell for Pablo Ruiz at the same time, I was kind of like, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, when, when we really need a goal, <laughs> you know, Rubio Rubin and Pablo Ruiz coming off for 
Joni Menendez and Scott Caldwell. I was like, uh. The subs that we've been making lately, there's been a couple of times where we sub out a Ruiz or we sub out a Leffelson or we sub out a Caldwell, just a defensive midfielder. And like subbing out a defensive midfielder makes sense in some circumstances. It makes a lot of sense if one of them is on a yellow or has a, a yellow card suspension that we're worried about maybe happening. That yeah. kind of stuff, like that makes sense. But that wasn't the case in this game. I thought Paulo Ruiz was playing just fine. And he came out the 67th too. Like that's yeah, pretty yeah, early. <laughs> it wasn't like he got tackled and was limping and you know, like there, there didn't seem to be any kind of injury concern. Yeah. And I, don't want to harp on the injury thing with this team again, but it didn't seem like there was an injury. It just seemed like it was an opportunity to get Scott Caldwell minutes. And maybe there is some kind of tactical yeah. shift that the team takes when Scott Caldwell's on the field versus when Paulo Ruiz is on the field. But if that's the only tactical shift I can see is a, a more defensive one, because that's what Caldwell is. He's not as offensive as Paulo Ruiz is. And like that, like you said, that's not what we needed at the moment. We needed people who could go in and score goals. So yeah, that sub that was the one that really didn't make any sense to me. And we've seen it a couple times this year where he's just trying to f- switch it up in the midfield with the defensive midfielders, and tactically it doesn't really make sense. And in the game, it didn't really make sense. Yeah, it it kind of feels it like just it. like hoping that like swapping out a player is going to be is the replacement for a tactical change in how we're approaching our game offensively, right. which well, I, I, it, I could see, I mean, I could see it from like a tiredness perspective. Like, yeah. you know, you're looking to inject energy into the game. Like, Hey, you've only got to go play 30 minutes. So just go out there and like, totally just really give it your all. But I mean, I think ultimately Trevor's right. I think I, I just don't really expect a dynamic offensive performance from Scott Caldwell. Yeah, I, and, and it's like a substitution I would see in a game, you know, we're on the road against LAFC and it's 0-0. I could see that substitution happening and being like, you know, one of the main things we don't want to do is give up a goal, right? So we want a dynamic, you know, we want the energy in the midfield to help protect the back line. I could see that. Sure. In, in this game, it, it I think Trevor's right. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and especially for how good Pablo has been, in actually having some of those game breaking moments, right? Yeah. Some of his 30, 40 yard balls have been the things that have like opened up defenses. And so taking that out of the game really seems to limit mm-hmm. your like creativity that you have coming out of the midfield. Yeah, he's a much more dynamic player than Scott Caldwell. And like Scott, Scott's fine. He's serviceable, but it's like, if we're in desperate need of like some creativity, like as Trey called him a six <laughs> and like a six in a four, four, two empty bucket formation isn't going to be a creative guy going forward. So yeah, um, it, it's, it's a little frustrating, but yeah, I, I agree. And like, I, I personally, you know, it felt weird that we didn't play Julio, but like, uh, kind of, like one of the things here is that like kind of uh, a habit, I kind of feel like we might be getting ourselves into a little bit is like, you know, last game, it, it, we did require a goal from a defender on a set piece to really open the game up, right? And if that goal doesn't come, if we don't get one of these set piece goals early on, like we did against Nashville at home too, is another one that, that comes to mind of that Bobby Woodheader. We get these goals sometimes early on from a defender or another player on a set piece that opens the game up when, you know, somebody actually breaks the seal. Uh, when that doesn't happen, I kind of worry about our ability to break the seal just from the the run of play. We have a lot of set piece goals. We have goals from defenders. 
And those things are awesome and they they do change the game. But like it kind of felt like we were waiting for one of those to just kind of happen in this game. Like, oh, we'll just keep, you know, dancing around with the little the ball a little bit, maybe, maybe get some corners out of this one. Surely Silva or Justin Glad or whoever is gonna score a goal and the game's gonna change, then we'll, you know, we'll be able to play our game. But that which, never which happened. does remind me that Glad missed one. Yeah, it, he did actually. Glad had a chance at uh, the back post early, but like you can't be counting on that. As, yeah, as absolutely like, not. Yep. You've got to give Justin like five or six or seven chances and he'll yeah. score one or maybe two fine. of them. But so like you're going to have misses from Justin Glad and, and that yeah. should be expected and that should be planned for. And like, it, yeah, yeah, it, it just the whole game. Fe- <coughs> Excuse me. Not the whole game, but the substitution pattern the second half it all just felt kind of like the team accepted a zero zero result yeah. and like like colin said in some certain cases like when you're playing away to a good western conference team or to a really good eastern conference team, like that's a fine plan play for the nil nil and play for the draw at the one point but we're at home against a crappy columbus team like give me anderson julio do like if you're going to take out justin miram like that's what made a lot of sense to me, we put in Michael Chang, who again is not a bad player and I tend to really like, but he's not a left-sided player. And that's a perfect situation. The last 10 minutes of the game that Anderson Julio is like flourished in. And unless there's again, some kind of injury concern that we don't know about that sub also doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Like, yeah, again, Chang's a good player, but he's not going to like break the game open. Have we ever seen Joni up top? No, and Ch- I don't like, think he's never played that position in game time, <laughs> right? No, he's like, he's always played on the right. So we, I, I was I was bemused because I was like, this is a thing that we have Menendez do. I didn't. I, I legitimately yeah. did not know that. I was very happy to see Menendez get playing time. That's something we've been asking for, and something that like we want to like proven to us that he's either not a good player or that he is a good player because we don't know yet. I feel like we still don't know if he's a good player because we played him out of position against Columbus and yeah. So it, it was the subs all around were, were like, they make sense in some context, but not in the context of this game and the whole sub thing, just ever since we started harping on Freddie for subs and we started harping on whoever for subs, like I kind of get sick of harping on substitution patterns as like a criticism of coaching, but they didn't make sense today. Today, they didn't make sense against Columbus. Like there, there wasn't any reason that I could see and point to and be like, "This is a good reason to make that sub." I get it. They yeah. were either way too late or the wrong player or the player that came on was playing out of position. Just none of them really made sense. There wasn't enough substitutions. We only yeah. had three, three players three, sub on. Yeah, and like two, and the third. I mean, the third one took place in like the eighty something, and it was 83rd the uh, minute. yeah, and it was the Chang for. Miram one which is again it's just kind of a, kind of kind of felt like a weird one and I I don't know like does this team what does this team want think of Anderson Julio like what was the point of bringing him back like for someone and I, you know you can make the argument that like he's best at like running in defenses etc and you know this was a team that was bunkering back and I understand that but like he was also one of our best goal scorers last year and almost all of his goals came late in the game when he was a substitute so yeah, it's just I, like I, I, 
See what I can don't do. really buy the like, oh, they were bunkering and that's yeah. not really what like Julio is up against. I'm like, what a fast player who can get in between the lines. That's, like, that's, that's like the I, I don't really understand. Like, I don't yeah. understand that as like a statement Agreed. whatsoever. Like, yeah, I mean, even if, even if it's just like, even if it's just like an outlet, right? Like yeah. you can, you can play, the, you can play a long diagonal ball to an outlet and he's, he's like running out there to get it. So like pull guys forward. Like it, it that as a statement to me, doesn't really make sense. Like, you know, it's like it's like one thing where you're like, uh, you know, oh, well, we need a, a central player who can do a lot of link up. But like, uh, I mean, you, there was just there wasn't a lot of dynamism on the field. And I would have liked to see what Julio could have brought in the terms of like repositioning defenders with his speed and like the threat of it, um, I think could have been effective. But I, I yeah. you know, I don't know. I've been watching him train, but it did feel weird to me. I, I, yeah. it, it, it wasn't a thing that I consider like I, I would have thought to consider like a high skill set of Menendez, yeah. right? And so like yeah. I, I, I would think that Anderson Julio is more suited to that job. Yeah, yeah. He was listed. At, I guess he was listed as doubtful. Um, Julio was for that game. Yeah, but I think okay. Menendez was as well, and he yeah. played. I mean, Julio was in the so, was in the eighteen, so he's available. But, it, but again, like this is the injury report thing that I don't really believe. Um, or it's hard to believe anything that they say about sure. injuries. So like, yeah, it was just everything you just said, Colin, I would have much rather have seen Julio. Julio ha- was played 58 minutes this year in four substitute appearances. And I just, <sighs> that's I don't not, think that's, 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 that's abysmal. <laughs> I don't think that's enough for a player that like we got, we've been chasing for a while and we finally got and brought in and yeah. Hey guys, everybody's happy. Cause we got, that crazy player Anderson Julio back. We're all excited. Look at all that. Like you do all that. You sign the guy, you make all the effort and then you play him 60 minutes across four games. Yeah. Six games. I honestly, like, it's not enough. Are we like contractually obligated to play Sergio Cordova all these minutes? Like, feeling he's like it, dude. Why is he going to He's, he's really game? not that good. Like, next oh, game. You're talking about, hold on, because you're, you're talking about me. one of our leading goal scorers. That's, that's right. Justin yeah. Glad, if he, I wish he would have scored that one because then he would have become the, became the sole so leading goal scorer. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys remember that moment? I, I tweeted about this, but there was that moment where somebody played like a really overhit ball to Saverino. This was like the last, like, 15 minutes of the game probably. So somebody plays a really overhead diagonal ball to Sovereigno. He's chasing it down with like all his effort. And, and he yeah, is a slaughter. He gets it on the end line. And had no one to cross the ball into or pass the ball to because Cordova had stopped running like around the midfield line middle, and was yeah. walking. And I was like, you see your teammate making that huge run. Like that's a, that's a get subbed out type of thing. Like if you're not making that run with like your teammate who looked like he, I mean, it, it was a long shot, but like, if he's going to get it, actually you have to reward your teammate with that, with that effort. And he was just walking. And I'm like, like you're not providing enough to make that worth it. Like if you're not going to run with him on that and provide any sort of like service for him, then like, why are you out there? Because what he was providing is not better than what Anderson Julio can do. It wasn't better than what Joni Menendez or, anyone else really frankly <laughs> could do yeah. like Tate, Tate, Tate Smith like probably played striker on point he could probably do that right there like I don't I don't I don't know like I'm just not I it's it's the Sergio Cordova thing is just 90 minutes from him in a game like that was was frustrating because it was pretty clear he wasn't going to do anything and I, I my patience I, is I mean, like 
it, it the thing about Sergio Cordova is like you know there's always the argument of like well the team was playing well with him in it and I've always sure. felt like the team was playing well despite him That's, in many instances yeah um and so like I I have not once. Like he scored a couple goals and that's nice. Uh, he the, scored one good goal. The goal, the goal against goals. Montreal, right? Was that the one? He Was scored one really Montreal? good goal against Montreal. Yeah. yeah, and other than that, I I am have not been impressed. Like one of his goals, I think, like in the snow game, Bobby Wood probably would, would have been, been a penalty. penalty. If he if he wasn't and there, then, yeah. but yeah, then he he finished it. And it's just, it's not impressive stuff from Cordova. He's, I don't yeah. think he's worth all the minutes. I would love to see something else. Like that's, that's what put, I put Anderson Julio and Rubio Rubin up top, like that much speed going at defenses. And if they can like work on yeah. their chemistry and link up, like I'd love to see it. Yeah. Anderson's so Sergio, more proven than Sergio. So Sergio Cordova has played 1100 minutes this season. Not an insignificant amount of minutes at this stage. Um, I'm looking at uh, who scored. Yeah. Um, and they have like uh they have all their stats breakdowns and then they also have like characteristics like strengths and weaknesses. Um <laughs> under strengths for Sergio Cordova, it has in parentheses, player has no significant strengths. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> and under under weaknesses, he has four listed. Oh no. Finishing, yeah, passing, crossing. And offside awareness. <laughs> is the is the fifth one being a soccer player? <laughs> yeah. So so, so he's, we have a forward whose weaknesses are finishing, <laughs> awareness on the yeah. field. Like, oh man. Yeah, it's. It's rough. Oh, speaking of, I wanted to go and back he to the... I'm surprised that like uh, aerial duels aren't mentioned on there because he didn't win one in this game. And for a, a dude who is... Is he like 6'3 or 6'4 or something? I don't Cordova? know. He's, yeah, he's tall. There's no way. He's taller no, he's, than me. He's, we we he's, walked past him at the end of the game and I don't think he's very I think very that tall. you're forgetting that what? the average soccer player I'm is very one. short. That's probably like, true. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm five eight, right? And like I mean, I was that is a very average stats. soccer player. Okay, he's height. six. He's six two. Six yeah. two. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say he's about my size, six one, six two. Okay, so like, and the average soccer player is <laughs> not not tall, and he can't seem to win the ball in the air a lot of the time. And I'm Ever. just like, I saw the argument uh, the the week prior when. uh Saverino scored that like amazing goal. They're like, yeah, that goal wouldn't have happened if Cordova wouldn't have challenged that ball that was in the midfield that the defender like misplayed backwards <laughs> to Saverino. And I was like, yeah, it took if Sergio was better in the air, that ball probably wouldn't have actually made it to Saverino. So it's actually a good thing in that scenario that that Sergio is bad in the air. It's crazy. I was thinking this a little bit, and I didn't like like anecdotally. I was thinking back to it, and I'm like. S- s- a not insignificant amount of our run and play goals have been misplayed by the defense. I don't right? like Justin Miram. <laughs> Justin Miram got one that was like yeah. misplayed that he took. Yeah. Uh, Savarino's goal against San Jose was a misplay. Like some, it's not. This it's is- there's definitely some of that that's like been fortuitous. That it's not. <laughs> that is not like in a way that you can continually count on, and you can't yeah. count on against really good teams. Yeah, this is what I was gonna say to you a little bit ago when you were talking about set piece goals like changing the game and, and all that stuff like we we really don't score goals during the run of play we, we don't like we get we've got several 
corner goals, which are great. And we've got a several set piece goals, which are all great. And we've got a couple of goals that are just capitalizing on defensive mistakes. But like we went, I think it was four or five goals in a row this season that weren't from the run of play. Like we, there was a long period of games where we didn't score goals from the run of play. We, we still yeah. don't like this. Isn't I mean, it was like, play it team. was like six or seven halves of soccer that we yeah. didn't score from the run of play. It's, it's really rough. It's, yeah. it's tough out in those streets. Um, <laughs> uh, the thing I, I did want to say uh, about this game, uh, again, who scored does like a strengths uh, and weaknesses for like yeah. each team, like how they performed. Yeah. Um, RSL had zero strengths during that game. Columbus crew also had zero strengths. The only notes that they have for weaknesses uh, were poor at finishing for RSL and for Columbus. Yeah. Crew. Really yeah. bad game. Yes, it was a really bad game. Uh, I'm going to transition away from the game to talk about the opportunity. Um, I thought that there was a couple things to talk about here. One is that like it's super fun that RSL is second, you know, like in in the point standings. But yes. their point, they're second in the point standings by the grace of having played more games. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I feel like that that perspective is getting lost a lot. Like this is two huge points lost. Yeah, huge points. By the time those, by the time the teams who are behind them make up games, RSL could be down to like fifth or sixth yeah. in the so- West. So like has also played 17 games and they have 26 points. So if they win and we lose the next one, we're level on points. And uh, Seattle is currently in seventh, right? They're currently in like they've played 15 games. Yeah, yeah, they've got two games that they could make up on RSL, which would put them at 29 points equal with us with a much better goal differential. They're like currently playing a game right now against Montreal. They're tied currently because Montreal (laughs) just scored. Um but if they win this game, they move up to, oh, shoot, tied for fifth. Yeah. So yeah. still with like, an additional game in hand. Still. It's it's like for as well as RSL has been playing, like they're, they cannot have complacency. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like it's okay if you have a one off bad game against Columbus. Like that's okay. Like we can look past this, even though it was a really bad game and kind of indicative of some of the problems. But the thing I'm worried about is that these problems, you know, like if we don't get these fortuitous goals, this is what our team looks like. And that's going to drag us back down the standings because like we can't afford to drop points at home to teams like Columbus. Yeah. yeah. And our and our home record's fantastic. Like what is like six yeah. wins and two draws? Like you really can't complain about that. Sure. Except for the fact that like you just don't really have a margin for error right now in the yeah. West. And it's really, really competitive. Yeah. And that's, I mean... To take the other side of that, to like look at it positively, like that's kind of the benefit of being second in the West at this point in the season, is we do have room for this team to like regress back to the mean. You know what I mean? Like become more of what the team is and lose a couple games and maybe tie a couple games. That but then we have we to be honest be about what this team is, and that's not fun. No, it's yeah. not. But like that's that's the advantage of having such a good, strong home record and really having up to this season a very good season bar one game. Yeah. If you take out that New York city FC game, like we're in a, genuinely a, a really good team. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's yeah, I, I think so that the trouble and the thing that troubles me and moving forward is that, you know, we're 17 games in, we have th- our leading goal scorers are three guys that all have three goals. One of them is probably out for the season. So, 
our two leading goal scorers that are left that aren't injured for the season are Justin Glad and Sergio Cordova with three goals apiece. Uh, and then tied at two, we have Miram, Marcella Silva, another defender, and Tate Schmidt, another defender. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's like the, that's my concern moving forward is like the regress to the mean might also mean that like we, those we, goals yeah. dry up. And like, yep. who is, is Justin Glad going to break five this year? Is Cordova going to break five this year? I don't know, but we're 17 games in and are leading. We don't have a guy with more than four goals. We don't have a guy with, sorry, more than three goals. Yeah, we yeah. are 17 games is exactly halfway through the season. So we've got 17 games left. Like, can we end the season without, with a, without anyone that has more than 10 goals? I mean, I, I, there's, there's no way we like, can, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's no way we can do that and not finish at highest six. I, that's, that's what I'm like. Well, what's the highest six? somebody has finished without having a uh, goal score with more than 10 goals? And I'm all, that's a I great no question idea. that I would love to know the answer to, but like, this is, this is the concern that I have is like this team up to this point in the season, we're halfway and we're the second best team in the entire league, like by the standings, but like by the eye test, by the way that we play games, by how many goals we score, like a roster, like we're not, we're, we're not the second best team in the league. We're yeah. for sure overperforming from mm-hmm. what this team is. And like, that's great. Just like last year's playoff run, we're going to take it. Like, that's awesome. But yeah. at some point, the roof is going to come crashing down on this well, house built like, on the sand. We've you know had I mean? we've had a good, like, we're going to play better teams coming up. Yeah. And, like... The good news is that it's not this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. The good news is that it's not this weekend. But we're co- we are coming to playing Western Conference contenders again. Yeah, you know, we played Seattle only one time. We have several more games against teams like Seattle and things like that. Like, and the way that, like, if our attack is going to look like how it did against Columbus, that's that's not uh, that's not a positive thing going forward, and it could it could really cost us. Like, we just have to look more dynamic, and we have to have the ability to break down teams, and the teams we're going to see are going to be better, and there's like real cause for concern there. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention about being second in the West is in his post-game interview, Aaron Herrera said, you know, we had the opportunity to go top of the table. Um, and, you know, like we thought about it and we talked about it and I was like, why would you be talking about it? <laughs> well, like, yeah. you know, like it's just like in terms of a coaching move, like I understand like, like a motivating factor, but like you're playing against a bad team who's going to be highly motivated um, you know, like these are players who are getting their shot to play. They they know that they're not going to be necessarily first team starters when all of Columbus's healthy guys get back or injured guys get back. And like, I just think that's the wrong tact of motivation to take, right? Like, it's almost, I don't know. Like, it, it's more like you guys don't, you guys need to not rest on your laurels. Like, you haven't really accomplished anything yet. You shouldn't be thinking about going top of the table. Like, you need to be thinking about beating this team who's yeah. going to be motivated to come in here and and like point. On break up this night. game on fireworks yeah. night of all nights so i, d- I just thought that night. that was like a weird thing for the team to have been talking about yeah i agree i think so so uh you know as i mentioned the the the, the, the good teams you know not this weekend so we play <laughs> this sunday we play in uh in minnesota against minnesota it turns out and they're bad but i will also mention they are third from the bottom in the west 
Um, when Columbus came into Salt Lake, they were third from the bottom in the East. So that doesn't mean too much. We do need to at least get a point out of this game. You should, we are the, I think it, the standard is to tie on the road, win at home. And that should at, at a, at a bare minimum. So we need a point out of this game, um, especially to keep us above some of those teams that could catch us, uh, with a win, uh, especially having those games in hand. The following week, we're back at home against Colorado. Week after that, away at Atlanta. And then we have two home games in a row. We have a Sunday home game on the 17th of July and then a Saturday. Wait, I, I seem to have been wrong. Did Do we not play Seattle again? No, we, we, always play, we play Seattle away in August. And then we oh, play. Oh, there it is. Okay. I, yeah. was like, I was like, whoa, that's insane. Yeah. So I, we have I don't Seattle understand. again. We have LAFC again. Wait, yeah, we, I don't understand MLS scheduling it's in general. Insane. I think it's literally insane. I don't Wait, understand. We haven't even played LAFC yet, right? No, I don't think so. Why do we uh, only we play got, them once this season? No, we play them twice. We play them August 6th and September 4th. Oh, I am missing. I didn't go into September. Oh, I forgot. I, we have the rest of that. So, yeah. And then in September and August, we've got we've got uh, LAFC. And then we have uh, we don't have Seattle again. But we have the Galaxy again. We have so, Portland. Yeah, August, August, we have LAFC and Seattle back to back. And yeah, then it, a, a game against a very competitive Vancouver team. Like that's a yeah. three week, that's like a three week stretch. That's like could make or break this season right there in August. Yeah. Yeah. Three, so, three losses there. And like we're plummeting down the standings. Yeah. So, so I, it's important for us. We have this, uh, the next th- stretch of three games is away, home, away. We got to get, we got to get some, we got to get some, a good amount of points out of this one. Out of, I mean, out you of gotta, nine, you got to get five. <laughs> yeah. I think at a, at a, at a minimum, you've got to get four. Yeah. Right. Like if, if you want to st- say that, like, we're going to continue at a second place in the West pace, you probably have to get four. Yeah. The uh, the interest of the home game against Kansas City on a Sunday is interesting. I wonder how that will go. 17th of July uh, at Rio Tinto. So that'll be a, that'll be a fun one. We haven't uh, we didn't we played Kansas City earlier this year and we lost. And that sucked, but to a bad to a bad Kansas City team. Yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, we haven't beat them in the regular season for a while. So, so can I give my fun stat of the please. of the upcoming game? Yeah. So RSL currently has a goal differential of one. We have scored twenty goals and allowed nineteen. Um, LAFC just above us in the standings. To give you context, has a goal differential of plus fifteen. Uh, Austin FC just below us in the standings has a pl- uh, goal differential of plus 11. So like goal differential wise, we're insane outliers, but that's partly because of the New York city FC game, but also partly because we just don't score goals. Yeah. Um, Minnesota 12th in the West um, has scored 17 goals all season, uh, three less than RSL and has allowed 19 for a goal differential of minus two. They suck, and they just extended Adrian Heath, which is so funny. <laughs> extended their coach for another two years. Everyone that's hates the thing. him like, there, this too, is, is what I understand. This is the crazy thing. We have we are plus three on them, goal differential, and we're in second. They're in twelfth. Yeah, like that's yeah, just sweet. like clearly we're a good team, and clearly they're a bad team. But like, there's some similarities there. They score about as many goals as we do, and they allow about as many goals as we do, which is crazy. This league and this thing, this run that we're on is insane. Yeah. And we'll and see how it works. I like, I don't know if it's just like, uh, 
like hedging my bet maybe, but I just like, I can't, I'm so, I just like can't believe that this is going to continue at this pace. I, I do think that RSL is in like a great position to make the playoffs. Right. And I think at this point, not making the playoffs would be a catastrophic disaster and would be like, <laughs> Pablo's pro- probably got to go yeah. like oh, yeah. after, the, at the end of the season. Um, but I really like, I worry even about their ability to finish fourth, um, even from the, the position that they're in right now, just based on the way that the team is able to create goals. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota does play tonight. Their game should start any second now against the Galaxy. Um, they're coming off of a three-game road trip. Um, and their last five games, they have lost four in a row before tonight. So we'll Man. see how they perform against LA, but they are a bad team on a very bad str- Oh, hang on. One of those they won. That's unfair. Yeah, they won this weekend, didn't they? Nope. They lost to Inter Miami uh, oh, in the right. 90th minute when they allowed two goals. Right. two goals in the last two minutes. The, f- so the fourth loss, I guess the first loss of their last four was an open cup game, but it was also against Union Omaha. So, like, that's bad. That counts against you. Yeah. So they've lost the last three in the league before tonight. Then they lost the Open Cup game. Um, they're really just haven't had a good stretch of games hardly at all this season. They won two in a row once or twice, and that's about it. Yeah. Not a good team. So we definitely, right. like, this would be a wonderful opportunity to get three points against a bad team on the road, which yeah. we've done before. And we and can do would- again, and we should do again. We should which, hopefully do again. Which our boy David Ochoa kicked the ball into the stands after we beat Minnesota. <laughs> this game and is, he could yeah. have killed someone it's if you listen to Twitter. I can't he believe could have died. Like, yeah, I can't believe the next matchup we had with Minnesota after that. Not, not the immediate next one, but I can't believe at this stage Ochoa is not on the RSL and Adrian Heath is still the coach of Minnesota. Can you imagine how like what would happen if we just started and played Ochoa in this game? Out of just nowhere, they're just like, we must have a Choa. It would be bad. Like, yeah. And he just kicks the ball at Adrian Heath at the end of the game. <laughs> That's the way he gets booted out of MLS. Well, should we, are we, do we still need to talk about that? Do we care about the Ochoa no. situation? Because I He's, feel like uh, I, I mean, we still yeah, get it, tweets about it, like every it, game, it just, like what's oh, going on do. with Ochoa. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's played his last minutes for RSL. We might see him with Monarchs. Maybe not. Probably not. Uh, but he's I, he's done. He was he was on he was listed as being on international duty. He was in town for the uh, was it Santos and Chivas who played here? I can't remember. Two Liga MX teams. I think it was Santos and Chivas. I wasn't yeah. there, so I don't. There was really a, I think it was Chivas. Yeah. So he was in he was in Salt Lake for that, and then by the time the home game came around on the weekend, he was back in Oxnard. So. Um, yeah. he's not he's not with he's not with the team he's not gonna play <laughs> no, yeah david like, david the situation has gotten to the point in which there's no reconciliation happening david ochoa is gonna leave rsl on a free at yeah. the end of the season which and he will not play again for rsl yep. so good good job everybody he did well, done. <laughs> <laughs> well on that note uh it's been it's been a pleasure it's been a, i'm glad the pod doctor doesn't have covid i'm sorry you missed out on your trip trevor i'm glad you were able to get some work done it's nice to Nice to see a man on the clock, you know, um, yeah. multiple clocks this happy, evening. Happy to help. Burning that's, the that's oil. What I'm here for. Burning what the love, oil. Love to do. Well, gentlemen, uh, I think we should call it there. 
Best have, wishes to Matt, obviously. Yes, best wishes to Matt and his Pepsi covered self. And uh, have a great holiday weekend, boys. Yeah. I hope you guys uh, have a great have a great Fourth of July. Uh, enjoy the Monday off of work. I hope and yeah. uh, enjoy Reno, Nevada, which is a place I don't want to go, but I hope you have a great time playing poker. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I also don't. I mean, I don't want to say I don't want to go there, but. If it wasn't for a friend living in Reno, I would Amen. also not want to go it's the, there. It's, it's, the jam of, it's the jam of the Great Basin States. All right. Well, uh, everyone, it's been a pleasure. This is episode 95 coming to a close. We're so close to 100, so we're not there yet, but it's all I can think about. Okay. Have a good evening, day, morning, everyone. Goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs>